Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. We have returned from a vacation, the likes of which some of you have seen. Uh, it was an East Coast extravagunza, organza, depending on saying words correctly or not. We did what not. What didn't we do, Dory? Well, we didn't have a five-hour unexpected layover in Rochester. Flight was perfect. Where Henry puked. That was in D.C., by the way. Mm. Your Rochester was you alone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. At, at Dulles, I've I've right. conflated the two, yeah. my two um, experiences, Flight, travel disasters. Yes, I remember that, but I don't remember where you were going. I was going to New York for my cousin's wedding. Oh, that was that. Yeah, back to back, back to. And there back. was a hurricane. Wow. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I had totally conflated those yeah, two. Yeah. So we weren't in Rochester. That we time. were in. Dulles. Yeah, this time, though, we did what we were supposed to do, which was go from Los Angeles to the other airport, which was Logan International. Yes, and the flight 
was a, a very small delay at the beginning flight attendant missing flight attendant but classic missing flight attendant made up the time everything was fine 440 there henry loved watching mickey uh, mouse on the uh, ipad now yeah and uh really focused him locked his attention in there the wavy car seat again most valuable player and uh, love the, that uh, thing it's expensive but it's worth it now having traveled twice with it and having traveled not with it yes i would not travel without it it also means you don't have to figure out a car seat on the other end that's the probably secret brilliant thing yeah i mean not even probably it is and like we were in multiple cars and we could just take it out take it out no set problem. it up it was very easy and it you know it's seat belt and also you can you it, i you latched it hook it with the regular car seat things yeah. too and then you get to face forward and henry knows that that's his vacation that's his vacation way. Way. <laughs> yeah he's still rear facing at home um yeah. he will be until he outgrows the seeds of the weight limit of whatever that is supposed to be yeah and that his his car he has two different car seats and they both have like a 49 pound 49 inch weight limit for rear facing which yeah. is quite hot i mean honestly i'd rear face too if i could recline that much yeah like you know he kind of seems i feel like cozy. i would get car sick no you get used to it real quick you think yeah hmm. henry uh is in bed now tonight's bedtime not as terrible as it has been vacation he adjusted to the east coast fine time-wise i think yeah right? i agree i mean, I mean if anything he was no he was good yeah he kept wanting to wake up at eleven forty a.m but he also gotten mad at you one day for getting him too quickly in the morning yeah but was <laughs> passive aggressive about it <laughs> like he told me the next day or like he told me that night and then the next day I went in, and he said, Dita, go downstairs. Talk to me on the monitor. <laughs> and I said, all right, bud. Dita, I'm resting. I'll let you know. <laughs> so then at like, you know, 40 minutes later, <laughs> okay, Dita, I'm ready. His like maxing and relaxing really kills me. It's funny because he like he just stares at books because he doesn't can't read, so he's just. Opening. But he's he's memorized them. I know. So it's like I heard him reading. Give a mouse a cookie. If you take a mouse to school. Uh, oh whatever, yeah, the other one, yeah, the smaller one. Well, and when I was getting him in his sleep sack, he was like reciting chicka chicka abc chicka chicka boom boom mm. to me. Yeah. Anyway. He's got those locked in. So He's got those locked that's in. That's how he entertains himself. Um, it's very funny, he but yeah. He does need his rest. Like, he has yeah. also gotten, he's gotten angry at, not angry, but like he's told Hillary, because Hillary usually gets him our nanny after his nap. And he's like, been like, why, why Hillary get Henry like so early or something? Like, because he was awake, but yeah, he likes to have his like lying down in his crib time. He's used to his crib time. And, uh, you know, he's very set in his ways, this Henry character. Mm -hmm. You play a lot of catch out there. Your classic hit balls. Well, we bought a T-ball thing. But, well, that was after he started using the na the Airbnb girls. Bat. Bat and yeah. ball. 
and then I was at Target getting a memory card because I forgot things that I needed to record the Star Trek podcast out there. And I saw the T-ball set for $8. I was like, okay, this is the one we have at home. Great. Then when we left that house to go to the other house, he got really upset that he couldn't take the green bat. Because it had special powers. Both bats have special powers to him. Because he's been watching a Mickey Mouse Funhouse episode where Goofy has a bat that he thinks has special powers and lets him hit home runs. But it's actually just Goofy. Just Goofy. But Henry turns it off right after the bat breaks, like the <laughs> lowest point. <laughs> it's like he can't take it. Yeah, I tell him to just stick with it and uh, it will resolve itself. Um, I did a lot of puzzles on vacation. You did? I was going to bed earlier than you. Yeah, you were. Which I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Honestly, I think I was tuckered out because I was spending so much time tossing a ball at a three-year-old. Probably. I would say it was by far the most time I spent with Henry. Yeah. Well, he, Like, uninterrupted. Yeah, totally. Well, he just... It was kind of crazy to watch him, like... Because usually it's like if you're playing ball with him, there's like a time limit. Like we have to go, he has to go eat or we have to go, he has to go to school or like whatever. But this was like blocks of unstructured time. And he just wanted to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Was it here or was it on vacation when he was hitting balls? He just forgot and just peed. On vacation. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was when he was hitting with the lobster. Yeah. Our friends, Mark and Chris, have this, you know, you've heard them on the podcast if you've listened, uh, but we were at their house in upstate New York, and he has, they have a tennis court, but they also have a ball lobber that lobs out, you know, you fill it with tennis balls and it shoots out tennis balls. Yeah. It's called the lobster because it lobs them. (laughs) But Chris set it to like its lowest setting it could possibly be, and we stood Henry in front of it, and Henry just stood there with a tennis racket for eight total hours i think just whacking yeah just hitting ball after ball after ball so that was pretty funny to watch um i took many videos of it yeah it was very it was very cute um but yeah it was it was a good vacation glad we got to see family and friends and there's some people we didn't get to see because they had covid which was a real bummer um some people we didn't get to see because they were working or busy with their kids in the hospitals yeah so next time people have people have stuff people have lives and no one can drop everything when matt and dory and henry arrive that's true even though they should oh we saw a fan recognized us in boston yes on boston common we were at the we were we had gone to the public garden for some swan boat activity Mm -hmm. your classic henry just wanting to walk on dangerously close to the edge of water (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um and we went to the swan boat and then my mom was like oh there's a playground in boston common Right. We could go over there. So we go across the street and then, and she was also like, oh, there, and there's a carousel. But there was also a, like well, a wading pool. Frog pond. For kiddos. Which is ice in the winter and it's for ice skating and it's run by the Boston skating group or whatever has been since whatever, 1923 or whatever. 
And in the summer, it just functions as a uh, splash pad, a giant, giant wading pool splash yeah. pad. Thing. With lifeguards. With lifeguards and snacks and such. But we didn't. We weren't prepared for it, so we stripped Henry down and had a naked Henry mm-hmm. head into the water, which was at the point. That point, we a nice uh, a nice girl named Katie said hello to us. Said, "Are you Matt and Dory?" And we were like, "Yep, that's us." That and I was like, "That's Henry, the child without clothes." And then that wading was into the water. That, that was the moment that we were told, "Yeah, he can't. He has to put on underwear." So. <laughs> I did have a change of underwear with me, which was good. Um, unfortunately, had not brought a bathing suit, which I then proceeded to rectify the next day and like brought a bathing suit. Remember, like no. the day that we left, we ended up at that playground with the splash pad in Brookline. Oh yeah, and I had a bathing suit for him I see. available. That was, that was a that was a cause and effect situation. Exactly. I mean, we had everything with us, didn't right? Because we? we had had we had we packed up by then. Yeah, but I had a bathing suit like in my backpack. None of your water fell. Oh, if I was wondering, wondering what, what that, that was. sound was. You looked at me like you thought it was like a raccoon or something. No, I was afraid I'd like knocked something like a guitar over or something. No, they're pretty secure behind you. Um. Yeah, so that was fun. Hi, Katie, if you're listening. Yep, she was pushing a science baby around. Not hers, Not but hers. a science baby nonetheless. Yeah. And we said, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll try to wrangle our child. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... I mean, how great for a fan to run into us in Boston Common. I know. What a dipshit Bostonian thing to be doing. <laughs> It's like the kind of thing we would tell people to go do. I know. We were actually tourists. We were. It was nice. That, that was very funny to me. Yeah. I you loved know, I, just sitting around all those Jamaican nannies, by the way. Yeah. With all their they little babies. They were fun. Um, I'd never been. I don't think I've ever. I never went ice skating on Frog Pond. Oh, you didn't go to college in Boston. I did not. That makes sense. But I did grow up in Brookline. Yeah. But like college, like it would be like. We all like go for like oh. dates and stuff. Just oh. go skate. Oh, you that's know? fun. Yeah. Good times and great oldies. <laughs> oldies 103. Boston. Um, well, let's take a break because we have some listeners to hear from. Um, you sure? Do we have nothing else to say about vacation? I'm not I'm not leading you anywhere. I'm just oh. curious if we've covered um, it all. Played golf twice. Yeah, Matt played golf twice. In, in Billerica, Massachusetts, at the Billerica Country Club, which is a course that has been there forever, but I've never played it in my life. How was the course? It was it was good. It was a decent length. It wasn't horribly hard or anything like that. Um I was hitting I was hitting it well. I think it was like I shot an eighty nine. The first time. Well, and, and you got to play with your friend one day. And John, yeah. And then I uh, shot an 84. Mm. No. I shot an 84 and a 79. Mm. That's what it was. Okay. He shot an 89. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Damn. Oh, one other thing I did just want to note. We were hashtag blessed by the weather. Hashtags for weather. Yeah. Yeah, it was the polar opposite of last year and maybe that's because of the polar ice caps melting but (laughs) 
Last year, when we went to the East Coast, it rained literally every day. And at first, we were like, cool, rain. And then they were, then we were like, this then is... Then she was like... It's like a lot. Well, it was just a lot with Henry. Cause, yeah, of course. Like, we couldn't... Like, we tried going to the playground, and it was like... Super wet. Super wet. You couldn't go to the playground. Like, there just wasn't that much to do with he him. He could barely talk, though, too. And he could barely talk. He just started talking. I have some videos from that trip where he was like saying colors and I was like, <gasps> he speaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was no rain except for like a one or two days, like then like a little yeah, so like, the end of the trip. But like very brief. Like it didn't rain all day. Oh, right. Joe had brief. told me that there were going to be storms moving across the state. Yes. And we were going to be leaving after Henry's nap. And then we changed it to try to beat the weather, which we did. We did. Congratulations us. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Um, but yeah, it wasn't horribly hot, and this time we had air conditioning. Big bonus. Yeah. And uh, if you're looking to Airbnb a house to us in the Berkshires slash Boston area, let us know. Please have a king size bed and air conditioning. Thank you. All right. Well, also a bathtub. Yes, those are our three requirements. Um, we're gonna take a short break. Oh, and fast enough internet that if I have to stream and do a podcast, oh, yeah. I can. Yeah, I guess we do have another requirement. Um, but other than that, it's pretty easy. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, be right, be right. Blah, blah. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. 
I mean, Bombus can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. And we're back. Hello. You know, we put out the uh, rerun last week of Henry post the birth of Henry. Mm-hmm. We had to cut out commercials and it was very confusing yeah because they embed like when you download it just there right they're just there suddenly it's like wait a second yeah then i'm like well who's this yeah (laughs) it was like some other person talking funny some recorded ad yeah technology it's wild it is wild um but i hope you enjoyed that rerun and uh, just a reminder, you can email us at Matt and Dory at Gmail or Dory and Matt Gmail. Call us or text us at 413-461-BABY. Actually, that reminds me. I forgot to check the voicemails. Oh, boy. This could be some live voicemails on the show. Um, I hope uh, everyone's uh, doing well. A lot of nice words from everybody regarding our, you know, Bad transfer. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Let's hear from some listeners. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Dorian Matt. I'm so sad to hear that your transfer didn't work. What an emotional roller coaster to find out that you had embryos that could be transferred after all, but then to have them not take. I've written in before about our donor embryo journey, and I wanted to share some perspective on our decision in case it's helpful to you or other listeners who are at a similar crossroads. Our reason for doing IVF was male factor infertility, but I didn't have much luck producing eggs. Our doctor recommended the egg donor route. Unlike Matt, though, my partner has never fathered a pregnancy of any kind, and there's no proof that he can. Cost was also a factor, of course. Donor embryo is generally a whole lot cheaper than donor eggs. For the emotional piece, I think I was... That's true? Is that true? Yes, that is true. That's wild. All the work's done. Right. Seems like a bargain. Yeah, donor embryos are very cheap. Sometimes I don't think you even pay. What? Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, For the emotional piece, I think I was sadder than my husband to give up on the idea of having his biological child as well as a genetic grandchild for his mom who doesn't have any. He really didn't care at all. (laughs) For us, a really important consideration is that with donor embryo, there's no waiting around to find out if you got blasts. You already know you have an embryo to transfer. 
After two failed rounds of IVF, including three failed transfers of untested embryos, we were burned out on suspense and wanted the quickest, surest route to bring home a baby. And for us, that was donor embryo. I know you have never transferred an untested embryo and most donor embryos are not tested. However, a lot of them, probably about half, are donated by couples who use donor eggs and PGTA testing does not improve testing when the egg source is that young. We are less than six weeks out for my scheduled C-section and still don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Waiting to be surprised seemed like a nice way to add some mystery back into the process with a scheduled surgical birth. Was it like, uh, do you think they were like, don't tell us every time they went to an ultrasound or? Yeah. I mean, I think. close their eyes with the ultrasound? I think there's, I think, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to find out. So it's like the ultrasound techs are like used to that. I would say that that is cool that you can still have that with all the technology we currently have but also how do you plan i guess paint a green room have a great time yeah regardless of what route your family takes i hope someone will find that perspective helpful in the we're out of eggs now what decision your don't your denver embryo donation friend in 1700 square feet was soon to be three kids husband and cat one tv that seems big for our tiny living room and only one costco hot dog eaten this year Oh, hot dog update. Oh, yeah. Big I mean, hot dog update. I probably had... Henry had, I would say, three hot dogs while we were out there. Mm-hmm. And Dita had probably... Ten. What a week. Wow. Natural casing. No SM, no, no SMs and no uh, KMs. Dory went to the store and we settled for Hebrew National. No, no Boar's sorry. Head. We ate. A, I had a Hebrew National at Mark, Mark and Chris's. Chris's. Yeah, settled for Boar's Head pork and pork beef. and beef natural Frankfurter. Casing. Yeah, I sent him a picture from Thumbs the grocery up. store. I was like, "This is the closest we can get." I have seen those occasionally at Here? Ralph's. Oh, interesting. Um, this is interesting. What are your thoughts on this, Matt? I mean, as far as I can tell, the thoughts, what are my thoughts on their embryo situation? I guess for us, what are your thoughts on donor embryo? Oh, I mean, I'm interested to hear what DKB says regarding what, you know, the viability of that is. Because mm-hmm. if it's like, put an embryo in and it'll take, great. Or if she's like, even with that, maybe you want to go with a surrogate. You know, just expecting all kinds of news. Hmm. We're talking to DKB on Tuesday. I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. Those are my thoughts. Um, Did I have any? Was there any conclusive thought there? No. I think there is something to me. There's something... Uh, I'm more interested in a donor embryo that is from a donor egg. Not like I'm so confused. Okay. By what that means. Okay. Here's here's an example. Say you and I had leftover normal embryos. Correct. And we were like, we're done we're done with our family. Here we have these embryos. Yep. And release if, the Kraken. Yes. If we release the Kraken and we donated those embryos, someone would have our biological children. Now, That's cool. if let's say from the get go, you and I had said, 
you know, my eggs are old, your sperm's bad, we're going to do donor egg and donor sperm, and we're just going to make these embryos. So you were, the, the appeal to you was to have the not biological offspring of any couple. Yes. Interesting. What's the difference? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would like, maybe it doesn't matter because that, that child would have biological siblings. Theoretically, it would also always have biological half siblings. Not always, but it could have biological half siblings. Yeah. What's the diff? I don't know. I'm just, it's just like. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting feelings coming from you. Regarding something I've never thought about. Marriage is. <laughs> I think I think I'm just like in that space of like, how badly do I want a second child? What's the answer? And if the answer is like. I'm I'm th- I think I'm like trying to process that. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, All and right, I no think rush. like. I'm coming around to the idea that donor embryo could be an option for us. I see. Whereas before, I think I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Writings on the wall. Because now it's like, like now we're kind of out of options. Or not. Or not. So we'll talk to DKB and find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that was uh, just my thoughts. Well, my thought is like, yeah, also because of content, you know, we'd, I'd be good to have some more content. <laughs> Just do donor embryos so we have more content. Yeah, I think content is the key reason for anything to exist. Yeah, because we will definitely be doing this podcast for the next, you know, 20 years, so. I don't doubt it. Oh, God, no. It just will not no, stop. No, no, no. Look, unless fertility problems go away. No. We got to gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta give it a, an end date, I think, at some point. Like Jay Leno when he left The Tonight Show? And then suddenly we're going to come back to the podcast after we hand this off to the next couple. To Conan? We'll just hand this podcast <laughs> off to Conan. Yeah. It'll be Team Coco, the fertility years. I'll just have... <laughs> well, I can get it to Matt Gorley pretty easily. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. And then we'll do another podcast at 10 o'clock. Great idea, but only weekly. No, no. It was every day. It was? When did he start doing a weekly show? I don't remember him doing a weekly show. I thought he did. No. At some point. It was so weird. Anyway. All right. This is from Kate. Hi, Matt and Dory. My husband and I are currently trying for baby number two and have been for the past few months. I was pretty sure we had conceived this month as my cycle was longer than normal. And I was having some physical symptoms that I remembered from my first pregnancy. I started testing early, which resulted in two negatives, but I wasn't too worried because I track my BBT I think that's basal something temperature. And based on that, my period wasn't technically late yet. Last Monday, I took my two and a half year old son down to my in-laws in Florida, which unfortunately coincided with when my period was due slash when I should have gotten a positive test. Three days into our trip, I got another negative test followed by light bleeding. The next day I started my period in earnest. I was pretty devastated as I was so sure I was pregnant. I expressed my disappointment to my mother-in-law and sister-in-law who also happened to be visiting. My husband joined us on vacation on Friday. On Saturday, his brother and his wife came over for dinner with their two boys, ages 10 and 7. They live in the next town over from my mother and father-in-law in Florida. After dinner, they announced that they were expecting a baby. I was lucky in the shower. I was luckily in the shower at the time of the announcement. When I heard the news, I broke down crying. I did not expect to become as emotional as I did. I felt a profound sadness. 
As well as anger and jealousy, I stayed in our bedroom until everyone left for the night. Today is the 4th of July, and my brother and sister-in-law invited everyone over for a barbecue. I told my husband I cannot go. He's very understanding, but my mother-in-law is not. I overheard her saying I need to grow up and get over it, which I feel is extremely unfair, but maybe I'm wrong. Whoa. Am I being overly sensitive since I never actually got a positive test, and therefore it's not like I had a miscarriage? I think I just need some outside perspective on this. Thanks, Kate. About 1,500 square feet in Grafton, Massachusetts, with my husband, toddler, James Gordon, and 20-pound cat. Between six and eight KM hut dogs eaten this year. Our Damn. largest... TV is 60 inches, which I used to think was enormous. I think your mother-in-law needs to grow up. Yeah. And get over herself. Like, who cares? Like, if you are having, you need a time for yourself, then she's got to get over that and fucking deal with the fact that she's at a barbecue with her son. Yeah. Honestly, I just don't understand people who, from the outside, rate what the emotional impact of something should be on another person it's ridiculous amen look i've gone through a lot with henry this week so (laughs) um so much to the point where tonight he called us back in and henry asked me how i was feeling and dory was asked the same question (laughs) and then i said how are you feeling bud he goes yeah (laughs) Oh, sweet boy. Sweet boy, who I hope has an emotional IQ above this woman's mother-in-law. I think he already does. So there you go. You're not being overly sensitive. No, and honestly, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Matt is saying. I have nothing to add. You nailed it. All right. Um... This is from Danielle. Oh, hang on. That was buzzing. Sorry. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I'm responding to the placenta accreta signal that went out a couple weeks ago. I'm not able to help with the question of recurrence during additional pregnancies. I had a very scary delivery with undiagnosed accreta during my first and only birth, also an IVF baby, including an emergency hysterectomy and multiple blood transfusions due to all the blood loss. But I did want to suggest a group on Facebook that might be helpful. It's called Placenta Accreta, Increta, and Percreta Worldwide Support Group. I found it after I had my daughter, and it was so helpful to meet other people who had been through something similar. The group includes women currently pregnant with Accreta and women who made it to the survivor side. There are also several spinoff groups, including one for people who had Accreta with one pregnancy who then go on to have other pregnancies. There are also groups for Accreta pregnancies by state, which are helpful in finding hospitals and doctors who are equipped for an Accreta delivery. Thank you for all you do for this community. You provide hope and support for everyone who ends up in the world of IVF. That is from Danielle in Longmont, Colorado, who is in almost 3,400 square feet, one husband and a four-year-old science baby, a couple of Costco hot dogs this year, and a 65-inch TV that we are looking to upgrade to at least 75 inches. That's what I like to hear. Everyone upgrade your TVs. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sharing that resource. I'm sure someone who is listening will find it helpful. What do you do with all that space with you and a four-year-old? I mean, that's about double the amount of space that we have. Yeah, so I'm asking, what do they do with all of it? I mean, I'm sure we would find uses for it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Continue. Um, 
All right. We got some more emails about placenta accreta. Um, this one is from Lisa. Hello, Matt and Dory. I was so sorry. Sorry. Wow. I'm not Canadian. I was so sorry to hear your beta results. I've been listening since the beginning and I can't remember if I've written in before or not. But as soon as I heard the story from the person sending out the placenta accreta signal, I had to respond. I know this isn't actual data, but I know anecdata can be comforting. After eight IUIs, three retrievals, two ERAs, and four frozen transfers, I gave birth to my first science baby in December 2018. I was induced two days before her due date because I was having high blood pressure readings at my OB appointment and they suspected preeclampsia. But I'm not sure if that was ever confirmed at the time. This is relevant later. After my daughter was born, the placenta did not come out. No one explained to me that this was even something that could happen. My OB explained that she'd have to try to manually remove it. And if it didn't work, we'd have to go to the OR to have it surgically removed. Ultimately, she was able to get it out manually, but it took her two tries. This was worse and more painful than pushing for almost four hours to get the baby out. It is still sort of traumatic for me to think about. Afterward, I felt a lot of gushing blood and they told me it was normal, but I was so tired and weak. This was my first baby. I didn't know that I shouldn't feel like I was dying. Long story short... No one seemed to realize that I was hemorrhaging until the next day. My hemoglobin was 5.6, and after one blood transfusion, increased to 6.5. I was then discharged and readmitted a week later, two days after Christmas, so I could get two more blood transfusions. It took almost a year to feel like I had a normal amount of strength and energy again. After so much infertility, this experience was really traumatic. I did another transfer in August 2020, honestly believing it would fail when it worked, I was terrified of the same thing happening again. More than being scared of the accreta, I was scared. I was afraid of the blood loss and not getting appropriate care or transfusions in a timely manner. I brought it up at every OB appointment. I talked about it in therapy. I coached my easygoing husband on how he'd need to advocate for me if it seemed like it was happening again. And I was too weak to speak up. My OBs told me that while I was at increased risk for it happening a second time, the overall risk was still pretty small. I'll also add that before this transfer, my RE had me do another ERA and hysteroscopy to be sure that everything looked okay given the previous placenta mishap. In April 2021, I was induced two weeks early with preeclampsia. Jeez Louise. I was terrified of the placenta not coming out on its own and could not totally focus on my baby until my placenta came out intact. I was thrilled when it did. The doctor knew my concern about bleeding and stuffed me full of suppositories, cytotech maybe, to help my uterus clamp down. I hardly bled at all in comparison to the first time. It was kind of amazing. Unfortunately, I needed to be readmitted for a severe case of postpartum preeclampsia and put on IV magnesium, which is also terrible. It makes you feel like shit for 24 hours instead of a year. In hindsight, I now wonder if losing all that blood the first time around helped to lower my blood pressure enough to resolve any preeclampsia I might have been having. I'm not a medical professional, but it makes sense to me that not having enough blood would lower one's blood pressure. I should probably still be in therapy for all of this. I think I've read that frozen embryo transfers put you at slightly higher risk of preeclampsia because there's no corpus luteum from ovulating. And there seems to be some mysterious relationship between that and the placenta, but science hasn't totally figured out what's going on there yet. Hmm. Feel free to bridge this novel if you read it on the pod. Best of luck to the nope. listener and to you, Matt and Dory, with whatever next steps you choose. Lisa in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and just under 2,000 square feet, three hot dogs this year. And then she emailed back to say she forgot to mention I, square my, I share my square footage with a husband, three-and-a-half-year-old, and, and one-year-old, both IVF babies, and two cats. But at the end of the day, don't we all square our share footage? <laughs> wow we do what a roller coaster what of, a roller coaster uh, of, of bloody misery yeah surrounded by a miracle <sighs> i'm sorry you went through all that 
And yeah, I mean, it does sound like you understandably have uh, some PTSD from both of your experiences. Does not sound great. I mean, look, I still have PTSD, you know what I mean. From my birth? There you go. Yeah. From your birth. Your mother was miserable during it, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, she did have a very long labor. Probably... And they did have to take me out. Wouldn't let you forget it either. They did, they did have to take me out with forceps. Yeah. So. And was uh, Avishai around or? Yeah, he yeah. was around. He could have been across the pond or something. I mean, that's fair, but he was around. Mm. Um, all right. I'm going to read one more uh, email about this, and then we'll take a short break. Actually, Matt, do you want to read this? Okay. Stephanie, dear Dory, Matt, Henry, Bo, I'm responding to the egg signal from the listener who's diagnosed with placentia accretia. Akrita, and is considering having a second child. I know that every situation is different, but I wanted to chime in with a story, my story, in case it's helpful. Oh, boy, you guys. Buckle up. It's going to be a ride. Here we go. Turns out I very likely had placentia accreta for both my IVF pregnancies, although it was only diagnosed after my second was born. About five weeks after my first baby was born, I had abdominal bleeding and needed a DNC to remove retained placentia. The OBGYN I was seeing at the time had no explanation for why it happened, just bad luck. I gave birth to my second IVF baby in February of this year and had a hemorrhaging right after I delivered. Luckily, the bleeding slowed down after I got a shot of methergen. Methergen? Yes. Methro... No, methergen. Methergen. Yeah. Yeah. After being home for about a week, I started having pelvic pain and had a suspicion that I had once again retained placentia. Placenta, sorry. Uh, and it was confirmed via ultrasound. I had a DNC the next day, and they took a biopsy of the tissue. Based on the biopsy results, my new slash current OBGYN diagnosed me with placentia accreta. Placenta. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, which she said would explain why I had retained placenta for both with both births and a hemorrhaging with my second. Both my births were vaginal, and both of my babies are very thankfully healthy. Healthy. None of my pregnancy ultrasounds showed anything abnormal. Not planning on getting pregnant again, but my OBGYN said that if I did, there would be a good chance, but not a guarantee, to have a recur. She said it could get wor- uh, could also get worse with subsequent pregnancies. She said it may have to do with the fact that both babies were conceived via IVF, but she could not be sure. I was also lucky that I and my babies had good... Uh, had access to good medical care during both of our births. I hope this listener is able to get the answers she needs in order to cor- make a correct, uh, make an informed decision. All right. I also have to chime in about Fresca really quickly. <laughs> in the fall of 2020, my husband rediscovered his love of Fresca and started ordering cases of it via Instacart from Wegmans. We had some outdoor gatherings with friends and family and offered it around. And many of them commented that they had also for. They had also forgotten about it over the years and were going to buy it, start buying it again. Then we started hearing about the Fresca shortage. We got worried there for a minute. We accidentally started a surge in Fresca buying. Sounds like there's a much larger issue at play here. Matt and Dory, I also have to mention a few funny coincidences between your story and ours. First of all, started IVF late summer, early 2016, which I think was around when you started. We also have male factor issues with my husband, who also has ADHD. Did four egg retrievals, but only ended up with one PGS normal embryo, which thankfully stuck. We chose to be surprised about the sex, and our baby was a girl. But the boy name we had chosen was Henry. She was born 424-2018, exactly one year before your Henry. 
that we had no chance of having a second baby due to our generally poor outcomes from egg retrievals with IVF in the four rounds we already did. So we added our name to the waiting list for donor embryos, did some research, decided to try one last shot using a mini stim protocol. We ended up with three normal embryos. Wow. Pandemic and a move delayed us. We had a successful transfer in a male embryo in 2021. And now we have our Henry listening to your podcast every week and being part of the Egghead Facebook group. has helped me get through so many difficult times. Thank you. Sorry about your chemical preg. I, I said preg. She didn't. Uh, and for all the barriers you've faced in trying to have a second child, sending hugs and wishes for you. Uh, well, for whatever you lies ahead for you guys. Sincerely, Stephanie S. Two adults, one science, four-year-old, science five-month-old, 3,100 square feet, central New York. Real estate was cheap up here before the pandemic. Maybe three hot dogs this year. Prefer beef brats, which I don't think count. Correct. 65-inch TV in the room. Okay. Well, congrats on having your own Henry. Huzzah! Um, I hope he also requires specific amounts of quote-unquote rest. Yes. Or rewaxing. Rewaxing. I'm rewaxing. <laughs> I'm just rewaxing till the water goes down. When you get out of the tub, I'm rewaxing. <laughs> he literally lies back and puts his hands behind his head. I'm yes. like, how did he even like know that this is like... A relaxing pose. Have you ever seen Donald Duck lay down? Mm. He puts his hands behind his head and crosses his legs. Donald Duck is his idol. I, apparently. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, thank you for writing in. Um, What's the big idea? Classic Henry. He's also started saying, here goes nothing or something. <laughs> which is a goofyism. Uh it's funny. He's funny. He is funny. Um. All right. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Hit. One, two, three. Hit. Dita. Dita. Help Henry. One, two, three. Hit. That's it. Okay. We're going to take a short break. Okay. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here we are. It's time for more. Hello. All right. This is from Danielle. She sent us a voice memo and then said other things I wanted to add but forgot at the time was that I like hearing about Matt and his ADHD and how he's doing with it. I got diagnosed in January at the ripe old age of 45 and a half and it's explained so much still processing it all. Parenting and trying to start a business has definitely brought it all to the fore. Hope you have a lovely holiday, Danielle. And then... She also left us a voice memo that I will play right now. Hey guys, it's Danielle from New Zealand. I'm just pausing the pod, which I don't think I've done before. Um, so yay me, milestone. Um, pausing the pod, um, you just talked about, well, there's a, uh, someone wrote in about um, 
uh, hyperovulation and cysts and getting lots of eggs and but nothing fertilizing so that actually happened to us I do have PCOS I never actually got um, hyperstimulation which was a blessing though I was really close once or twice um, but the only thing that worked for us uh, in regards to fertilization is when we switched from doing what I like to call old school IVF where they once they you know impregnate the egg um, it you know that they move it they 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 have to change the medium that it's growing in like every day or so and, and whatever and we we changed to um time lapse which at the time which is about five or six years ago and it had just come to new zealand um so time lapse is when they don't have to change the medium the embryo can grow in the same medium the whole entire time they record the whole thing which is actually quite cool so i've actually got video of my small human my science baby who's about to turn five um uh, like growing from blastocysts all the way through it's amazing anyway um but because and after we started doing that our we, we had like a really high um embryo fertilization it's like we, we got like 10 or something um i think in total in the end whereas before we were getting none like they were barely making it through to five days um so i don't know whether that's an option to look into um, I have no idea what the correlation is between PCOS um, uh, and the hyperstimulation and that kind of situation, um, but that might be something to have a chat about. Um, all right, that's enough. I'm sure there's more things to tell you, but it's enough. Um, uh, don't know the size of the house. We don't eat hot dogs. <laughs> TV's about 40 inches, I think, which is enough. Um, and I can't remember what the last thing is, but there's me, my husband, and our nearly five-year-old science baby, who isn't really a baby anymore. Have a great holiday. Our TV's... Love to you all, um, and see you later. Sold down there in inches? Not centimeters? I don't know. My TV's about 600 centimeters. <laughs> uh... Thank you. I'm curious about this video that you have of the blastocyst. Like, how, what, till when? I've, I've heard of other people who have, I think there's certain clinics that do it. Like, what's the end date? I think it's when they are born. No, they, they just do it. I think they just do it till like day five or six. In my mind, like, I'm like thinking, they grow them in like some sort of fluid? <laughs> like, is it like an amniotic sac? Like, oh, do they God. then like grow the entire baby and then you just pick your baby up <laughs> out of the machine? Oh, gosh. Um, ADHD, how's it going? Well, you know, it's going okay. The, uh, they doubled my, my shrink doubled my dose of Wellbutrin in addition to my. Vivance, and I felt better. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but yeah. Thank you, and good day. All right, uh, this is from Christy. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Any input on how to make moving less stressful, especially with a toddler and cats? My husband and I are planning to move about five hours away and we'll need to sell our current house and find a new house. I'm a terrible mover and feel a lot of stress from the disruption. We are privileged to have this opportunity to move closer to family, but I'm overwhelmed by the thought of it. Thanks for all you do, Christy. Zero hot dogs, one husband, 15-month-old daughter, and four cats in 1,700 square feet in eastern Washington and one 60-inch television. Well, let's see. Moving with a toddler. It's not easy. 
But we only had to move three blocks. Yeah. So And then when you were saying, when I was listening, I was like, five miles. Okay, that's not bad. And I was like, oh, no, it's five hours. I didn't say five miles, did I? No, you did not. Oh, okay. My brain just heard five miles. Oh, 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 I see, I see. Um, I don't totally, I'm not, I'm not totally clear on the order of operations here. Like, are you packing you up all sell your- Sell the house. Find a new house. And then packing up all your stuff and moving. I mean, it sort of sounds like, I, I whatever. Yeah, that must be how she's doing it, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, the only, I guess my, my biggest advice is like lean on people as much as you can. Like I would save up and hire movers, uh, definitely hire movers. I would like, I'm talking packers and movers. I would, I would leave. You said you're moving closer to family. If you can, I would leave your daughter with family for a couple nights. Mm, a transitional phase, a transitional phase while you like get her room set up and like, you know, just kind of like do all, do some stuff. And get her room set up first. Get her room set up first. And like finished. And finished. And then. Don't worry about the rest. And, you after. know, she can spend some time with grandma or whoever. Um, and you'll have some time to unpack without worrying about her. That, I mean, I think that's like my main advice. Um, when we moved, Henry's room was the first thing we set up. Right. And since we don't have family, I mean, he was with his nanny. We have family. They're just not here. Um, he was with his nanny all day. I think they hung out here. They hung out in the new yeah, house and like the new empty house. Yeah. Um, I think we had brought over some of his toys and like a pack and play. Yeah, we'd put his rugs in. Yeah. Um, and then got his stuff set up. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's how I would do it if I were you. And then in terms of the... I remember being dark when they left. Oh my God, it took so long. But it was February, so... That's true. Yeah, so it did get dark earlier, but like it took so long. But like it was pretty wild that they had to pack everything up to drive it three blocks. Three blocks, I know. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pack, packing with a... they came in the, to asked, they showed me Henry's crib and were apologizing. I've said this story before, but I still think it's very funny that they were apologizing about the damage that they had done to the crib. And I had to go, oh, no, no, no. That's just our son eating the paint. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, really? And I was like, yep. Uh, I, you know, I'm also, now that I'm kind of talking this out, if you are, if you do hire movers who pack your stuff, which is a very nice luxury if it's something you can afford um maybe that's like one of you takes the child somewhere during that day or maybe one of you starts driving to the new place with the child and the other person stays behind to like supervise the packing i don't know just riffing here good riff honey thank you um if anyone else has suggestions for doing a longer move with a child let us know. We'd like to know, because we are moving to upstate New York today. Oh, we are? No, it's too humid. I thought you liked the Berkshires better. Do you just mean like the Berkshires as opposed to the place eight miles from the Berkshires? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. I was like, I didn't see any Trump flags in the Berkshires, but then once we crossed over to New York, I saw a few. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, look, there's hometown hero. That's all. Mm. Ugh. 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end of Yield's show. Uh S H O W E, ye oldie showy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening, but mostly thank everyone who supports us on Patreon and keeps the show going till the unspecified Dory initiated end date. Um, thank you so, so much. Seriously, I don't have a job, so I extra thank you. And uh, and you can support us at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. And if you're at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. You also get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes. If you support us there, plenty of episodes, lots of fun. Kind of like excellent after dark. Ooh, yeah. Elizabeth Brandt, thank you. Elizabeth K. Elizabeth Konami. Ellen F. Emily F. Emily Harden. Erica. Aaron. Aaron Judge. Wait, wait, hang on. Wow. Aaron Gudge. I almost called her judge here comes the gudge aaron turley evelyn schmevelin frederick roi and then he wrote name of new band anti-time eruption that's pretty good actually i like that a lot uh freya greta truitt heather hillary berry jackie g jane ennis jen brennan jenna marie nelson jennifer sika jennifer hs jennifer Steele, jenny fick jesse Hendricks, jessica garcia jessica grigsby jessica manilovich jesse labatty josephine w julia schoolenberg julie mclaren julie phillips julie raskin caitlin donahue karen thickershey cat c katherine linnae katherine shimmons katie allen katie allen katie davenport katie regan carrie mills carrie l kiara holt Kim Mestry and Christopher Fonagy. Thank you all so very, very much. We'll see you next week. And by see you, I mean talk to you in your ears. Bye. Bye.